Good morning. Good morning. I think she was waiting for me. <laughs> like I said, it's really fun. The organ stops playing and everybody sits down. <laughs> Musical pews. Well, good morning. We're so glad that you are here this morning. We're going to begin with songs of praise that remind us that our God is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Let's stand together, please.
God's children said, Father, we come to you. We're so privileged to be able to approach the creator of the universe. Father, how great you truly are. Thank you for the mercy and the grace, the comfort that you bring. Father, you have called us from a life of despair, placed us on a rock. You have given us salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. For each person here whose faith and trust in you, the Holy Spirit resides. So as your word says, truly, where two or three are gathered, you are here in our midst. Father, you are here in our midst. So it's our desire to give you the next hour. The songs from our hearts, from our lips, our thoughts, our attitudes. And Father, we wish to give you and surrender ourselves to you as we hear your word as well, that we would just continue to be conformed to the image of your son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we have life, in whose name we gather. In his name we pray. Amen. Please be seated as Miss Judy comes. Good morning, church. How great is our God? That is one of my favorite, favorite songs. We welcome you. If this is your first time attending or you've been coming a while, we'd love to get to know you. And we have a couple ways you can do that. You can go out to the welcome desk. There'll be someone there. We'd love to connect with you. Also, you can fill out a connect card at the welcome desk, and they'll answer any questions that you might have. You can also text the phone number, 904-441-6900. Put the word in connect. And you can also, the QR code will come up, and you can open your phone and to photos and pictures, I mean, and take a picture of the QR code, and it will show you, there it is, and it will immediately come up with prayer request or the digital bulletin or giving or anything else you might have. If you have a prayer request, anytime during the week, we'd love to pray with you. And that's the way you can do that through that, and the digital bulletin will be there for you as well. I just have a few announcements for you. Um, Thanksgiving, this coming Thanksgiving is when? Thursday, yes. So Wednesday evening, we will not have any med services or any ministries will be meeting so that we can come together as families and get to know each other and get ready for Thanksgiving together. Also, we will have a congregational, our quarterly congregational meeting is at 4 p.m. on December the 3rd. It will be in the Christian Life Center. We encourage you to come. We will have worship and testimonies. And we will also be meeting to vote on the budget for 2024. So I encourage you to come to that as well. I have a few great things that are coming up for December. And uh, the first one is on December the 1st. That is, uh, how many have you have done the singing at the gazebo downtown? 
Well, we're having that again. It's our 13th year. Is that not cool? The um, choir and the orchestra will be there to lead you. Um, don't forget to bring a chair or a blanket to sit on and come early. It's at 6 o'clock, but you know what parking's like in St. Augustine. So you want to come a little bit early to park for that for sure and also to see the beautiful lights. Also, on December the 13th at 6 p.m., we're doing a live uh, singing with Lifehouse and Women's Ministry. We'll be doing Prepare Him Room. It is a Bible study, but we'll be singing Christmas songs together. Um, all are invited. We'd love to have you guys come and listen to Christy as she teaches about the nativity. And she says that you will, you'll go away with a different perspective on what the nativity is about. So I encourage you to do that. And also, one more thing, December the 6th, our Kids Praise will have a concert. And we'd love you to come. If you haven't seen those kiddos sings, I encourage you to come see that as well. Have a blessed Thanksgiving. Love you guys. God bless.
Well, will you join with me in standing once again, please? Choose you this day who you will serve. The, the God that we choose to serve is the rock of our salvation.
my life. For my life he bled and died. Christ will hold me fast. Justice has been satisfied. He will hold me fast. Raised with him to endless life, he will hold, he will hold me fast. Till our faith is turned to sight, when he comes at last, he will hold me fast, he will hold me fast for my Savior. Before you're seated, we want you to welcome one another. And as you're doing that, please encourage, proclaim to someone that you are standing on Jesus the Rock this morning. done before I was ready. <laughs> Not like the 8 o'clock, exactly. Well, welcome. We're so glad you're here, and I am so privileged to get to stand up here and talk to you all about your generosity. You know, this, um, this is the time of year where, yes, we do the budget, and uh, Yes, that's one of the things we're going to vote on on December the 3rd, but that's not the only thing. We vote on our committees. We vote on our deacons. Um, we celebrate, and we take care of all the other church business that needs to get taken care of. And so, you know, when, when we're preparing the budget and getting ready for this, this big event, um, which really only happens twice a year, um, there's just so many people that are involved. There's so many committees that, that work towards towards this, and we have a nominating committee, a personnel committee, a budget committee. We have, you know, just lots and lots of committees, and they're all manned by volunteers and church members. You know, they are not manned by staff. We follow what they tell us to do. Um, 
But also, you know, when we come here on Sunday morning, we have a choir and an orchestra. They're all volunteers. We have ushers and, and greeters. They're all volunteers. We have people that drive the shuttle buses. They're all volunteers. And we are just so grateful for each and every one of those folks that help make us the church that we are. And we could not be the church that we are without the tremendous volunteers that we have. So we just want to thank you for your generosity of giving of your time and your talents. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity to be in your house and worship. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your house and serve. Father, we thank you for the, the many, many people that give of their time and their talents, Father, to, to make this happen. And Father, we thank you for those who give and give generously, Father. We thank you for the, the staff that we have that works so tirelessly for this church. Father, we just ask that as we, we take up this offering and that we take a vote after this offering, that we would just do everything that we can to remain firmly within the center of your will. We pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Good morning, church. You know, before we get into the message, I want to call us into a special session of business. And if you were here last week or if you read my emails, I know all of you read my emails. Um, <clears throat> You know that we have a vote today, and that's to vote whether to affirm the call of Reverend Kevin King as our worship pastor on a permanent basis. So, uh, yes, and so. We, we conducted a nationwide search, and uh, we, we really did put it out online and, and found out that the best person of all the people that sent in resumes was the one that was right here, and we're very grateful. Yeah. Now, um, we're taking this by paper ballot. If you, are, if you did not receive a paper ballot coming in here, if you'd raise your hand and uh, one of our, our deacons will come and get one. It looks, we have some over here on this side. Deacons over here, deacons over here on the far side over here, there are several people that need, raise y'all's hands real high. They would like to get some ballots. We're only going to be taking ballots that are collected in this service and at the 8 o'clock service. Yeah, go ahead. They're, they're being very patient. There's three, three or four people back there. So <clears throat> we're not collecting the ballots yet. We're not collecting the ballots yet. We're giving out ballots. <laughs> okay. And uh, anyway, does everyone have a ballot? Okay. I do want you to know if you went, to, is there someone else that needs a ballot? Raise your hand, wave it around, I'm not seeing. Where, did we get it? Oh, right over here, there we go, right there. They need a ballot, right there. Want everyone to get a chance, over there, there's a ballot, I see that hand. And way over in the corner over there, we have someone that needs a ballot, so yeah, right over there, far, far corner, do you see where I'm pointing? Right over there, way in, there we go. All right. I do want to let you know that this isn't like national politics. You can only vote once. <laughs> Sorry, that was a cheap shot. Only vote one time. If you voted at the 8 o'clock service, please don't vote again. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Okay, please don't vote again. Now, um, you'll need to write your name and, name and, and 
say yes or no, and yes or no whether you're a church member, because if it gets close, then we'll have to divide who's church member or not. But if you're not a member, you want to vote, feel free. Just be honest about where that is, because we'll know. We'll figure it out if we need to. All right. Um, anyway, let's go ahead. If you had time to fill that uh, ballot out, I'm going to ask the deacons to come and collect those ballots. Now just pass yours to the aisle. If you'll pass them to aisle, just turn them over. You don't have to fold them. You can fold them, but you don't have to. Pass them to an aisle, and someone will come and pick them up. We'll even, we'll even get the center aisle, too, this time, okay? So... We'll need some people to come down the center aisle and pick them up as well. Okay. We'll make sure all the ballots get collected. There's some down here on this aisle. And hopefully, hopefully we'll have those ballots counted. If, uh, and be able to give you an answer by the end of the service. So I'm going to call, if it's real close and we don't know, we're going to refer it to the Electoral College. <laughs> but uh, anyway, hopefully we'll have an answer for you by the end of the service. And then I'll also follow up with an email later in the afternoon for those that aren't in this service, okay? Thank you so much. And I'm now calling us this special business session adjourned, okay? Now let's get into the message. If you'll take the, your Bibles and turn to Nehemiah chapter 6, Nehemiah chapter 6, and I want to share with you one of those blessings of serving the Lord that's near and dear to my heart, something that, that means an awful lot to me, and this is what it is. One of the greatest blessings of following Jesus is that I am not doing it alone. I'm not on a solo journey. I'm on, I'm on a journey of fellowship. I'm doing it in community. I'm, I get to serve the Lord together with all you beautiful people. Isn't it a blessing to serve with other people? Amen. Isn't that great that we're not alone? I'm so grateful for that. In this month of November, when we think about blessings, we need to remind ourselves that we are blessed to be able to serve together. You know, as we serve him together, Jesus has a name for us. When he calls us together. You know what the name is? It's church. Say church. church. Yeah, we are church. Okay. Isn't that amazing? We are the called out ones, the ecclesia. We are church. Say church again. Church. Yeah. And you know, as church together in the power of the Holy Spirit, we can accomplish what is impossible alone because God works through us powerfully as church. As church together, uh, you know, he's granted us so much power that Jesus said that the very gates of hell cannot prevail against church. We are church. Say church. church. We're church. Isn't that great? We are church and we're blessed to be church. You know, there was a time in the Old Testament when the children of Israel were taken off into captivity. And uh, Jerusalem was destroyed. The walls were broken down. It was just in ruins. And, and those walls were down for about 140, 150 years. And then people started trickling their way back to Jerusalem. And when they got back there, uh, they never rebuilt the walls, at least for a while, until a man named Nehemiah 
over there in captivity, serving for the king over there in Persia at the time. He heard the news and he heard that the people of God looked weak. And the people of God were weak. And the walls were broken down. They were never been rebuilt. And so they're in Jerusalem all broken down. And God used all of them together to do the impossible. Would you stand with me in honor of God's word? I want to read two verses to you. Nehemiah chapter 6, starting at verse 15. Two, were, two verses here. So the wall, this is the wall of Jerusalem, was finished in the 25th day of the month Elul in 52 days. And when all our enemies heard of it, all the nations around us were afraid and fell greatly in their own esteem. For they perceived that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. Lord Jesus, I pray that people in this community would see what is happening here at church and perceive that everything that is done is happening because it is so great. It's happening with your help and in your power. And Lord, we give this to you. Help us to understand that blessing of serving together. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. may be seated. In the power of God, they built the walls of Jerusalem, rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem in 52 days. 52 days. Isn't that crazy? It's more than 52 days away from Labor Day. I mean, that's how quick it happened, okay? How did they do it? Well, they did it together. They did it. They understood the blessing of serving the Lord together. Now, now how did that actually come about? Well, we're going to go back to Nehemiah chapter 3. And in Nehemiah chapter 3, that's where I'm going to camp out. And this is where the citizens of Jerusalem began back, the backbreaking work of rebuilding the walls around Jerusalem. Now, on the surface, you're going to look at that passage, and you're going to see name after name after name after name. And I know when you read through the Bible, you come to a chapter where it has name after name after name after name. You just skip over that chapter, right? <laughs> Anybody do that? <laughs> I know, I know. And you're going to think, this is, this is terribly boring. It really isn't. It's extremely fascinating. Extremely fascinating. And it's so relevant, especially as we face today's challenges. God has given us challenges that are great. Huge challenges, like rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. We need to reach a county that is lost. Most of the people in this county do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And we're, we want to help people embrace the life-changing truth of Jesus Christ. How do we do that? Well, we get some pointers here in this extremely fascinating chapter 3 of Nehemiah. And, and let me just read the first five verses to start. Then Eliashib, the high priest, rose up with his brothers, the priests, and they built the sheep gate. Now what's happening is they're starting in the northeast corner of Jerusalem. And they're going to describe going all the way around. And, and, and building that wall, what they did and the people that did it. So Eliashib, the high priest, rose up with his brothers, the priests, and they built the sheep gate. They consecrated it and set its doors. They consecrated it as far as the Tower of the Hundred, as far as the Tower of Hananel. Next to him, the men of Jericho built, and next to them, Zakur, the son of Imri, built. The sons of Hasanaah built the fish gate. They laid its beams and set its doors, its bolts and its bars. Next to them... Merimoth, the son of Uriah, son of Hakotz, repaired. Next to them, Meshulam, the son of Berechiah, son of Meshezabel, repaired. Next to them, Zadok, the son of Baana, repaired. Next to them, the Tokoites repaired. But their nobles would not stoop down to serve the Lord. 
Yeah, you got that, didn't you? I'm going to skip down to verse 28. Above the horse gate, now we're looking at that, that eastern wall of Jerusalem. They're going to go right up to the end there. Above the horse gate, the priests repaired, each one opposite his own house. After them, Zadok, the son of Immer, repaired opposite his own house. After him, Shemaiah, the son of Shechaniah, the keeper of the east gate, repaired. After him, Hananiah, the son of Shelemiah, and Hanun, the sixth son of Zalaf, repaired another section. After him, Meshulam, the son of Berakiah. You heard him before. He was in verse 4, right? You remember that? Uh, Meshulam, the son of Berakiah, repaired opposite his chamber. After him, Machijah, son of the, one of the goldsmiths, repaired as far as the house of the temple servants and of the merchants opposite the muster gate and to the upper chamber of the corner. And between the upper chamber of the corner and the sheep gate, that place they started, the goldsmiths and the merchants repaired. A list of 40 different sections of wall, 40 teams of laborers, and the greatest challenge in accomplishing the mission, it wasn't the money. The money was supplied. It wasn't the resources. The resources were already supplied. It wasn't the manpower. One of the greatest challenges was unity. Everybody serving together for a common purpose, you know. And so we need to understand the blessing of being united. So we're blessed in serving the Lord together. That's the first, if you're using the sermon notes in the bulletin, that's the first thing I want you to write down. We are blessed in serving the Lord together. Whether we are taking kids, taking care of the kids in the nursery right now, there are a bunch of volunteers that are serving and taking care of the preschool kids and the grade school kids and the youth. They're there. And you know what they're doing? They are church. And they are holding back the gates of hell by serving. Or whether we're building a structure like the Next Gen Center. You know, this, this amazing structure we're going to build, it's going to be a secure place for the preschoolers, children, youth. What, whatever we're doing, God's plan is not for us to do it alone. It's not one person's job to take care of all these things. Not the youth pastor's job to do the youth ministry. It's our job. It's not the children's minister's job to do children's ministry. It's not the building committee's job to build the building. We serve together. It's not a solo plan, okay? And, you know, um, we serve together. We're, and we're not... And we're not solo even as church. We work in a bigger body of churches. Do you realize that we're part of a family of churches? In our area, we call it the association. Uh, this is churches in Flagler County and St. John's County uh, and uh, Putnam County. And, and just around us, there are over 50 churches. You know what we did last week as a family of churches? We gave out turkeys and turkey dinners, and it impacted 1,500 people. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Yeah, praise God. That's because we serve together statewide, we're part of 3,000 churches. And, and we're also part of a, a nationwide 40,000 churches uh, in, in fellowship with each other. I was at the Florida Baptist Convention this past week. And on Tuesday night, the International Mission Board that you help support through the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, you hear about that in Christmas, and you support anytime you give money into the offering plate. Do you realize that, that you help support fully 3,350 missionaries in 195 countries. Fully support. That's what we do together. Isn't that powerful? 195 countries. They, they had on Tuesday night a missionary commissioning service, and they commissioned 49 new missionaries. And those 49 new missionaries, of all the missionaries that are serving right now, uh, there are 289, I heard, that are Floridians. Almost 10% of the missionary force from the United States is coming from the state of Florida. God's doing something in Florida, right? 
Yeah, so I'm, I'm grateful. That's what we do together. Uh, let me tell you something else. Thursday, I met with pastors from other churches in St. Augustine. I'm, I'm part of a fellowship of pastors called The Collective. And some of them are Baptist churches and some of them are not. I mean, the, the person that leads it is the pastor of Reverb Church. Uh, meets at World Golf Village. P- great church. They teach the Bible. They preach Jesus Christ proclaimed. Another pastor that helps lead is Billy Almaguer at Awaken City Church. Do you know where they meet? They meet in the movie theater, epic movie theater. And, uh, and so they, they lead that. And, you know, this morning they were already out texting messages of encouragement to all the pastors in our area. That's what they do. I just love that. And I go there. I go there for the monthly meeting. You know why I go? I get to, I get to understand how young people think because most of them are younger than me. So this past Thursday, we met at Colonial Church, and Pastor Matt McClory rolled out the red carpet. We had a great time together. One of my best friendships of pastors outside this church is Josh Hersey. If you know who Josh Hersey is, he's pastor of Church on the Rock that meets next to St. Augustine High School. And, you know, he helps me out when I have tough times, and I help him out when he has tough times. You know, it's beautiful together that, that we serve together, and we may not be of the same family of churches, but we are, we are serving together. Do you know how many churches there are in St. Augustine? Really? One church, if we're following Jesus Christ and we're teaching the Bible. And we we're, we're all have that same purpose. A couple of years ago, I went to see our missionaries, David and Barbara Crossman in Moldova. And they're our family missionaries, and we, we, go, we go send them out. And I went to visit them to see the work firsthand. They'd asked if I would come, and I did. And, and they're doing amazing work there. And uh, they introduced me to the chancellor of the Baptist Bible School there. And he was talking about the persecuted church in Asia, Tazakstan, uh, Uzbekistan, all those places near there that they try to send out help to. And he said, one of the recurring problems that they have in those churches is that their Baptist churches and the Pentecostal churches don't work together. That they fight each other. That's one of the biggest problems that Baptist churches and Pentecostal churches are just fighting among themselves. And he says for him as someone that is trying to minister to pastors. And, and the pastors are in areas, they're in countries where they are being killed by some people in the population for their belief in Jesus Christ. And as they're, as they're being persecuted and even killed, they're fighting among themselves. And this is what he told me. I'll never forget these words. He says, when the brothers and sisters in Christ start fighting each other, we're not shooting ourselves in the foot. We're shooting ourselves in the head. And that's exactly right. Abandoning the blessing of serving together. Do you remember in the Bible when Jesus was praying, the most important thing he prayed for, for the church? Because we're church, right? Say church. We're church, okay? This is what he prayed for church in John 17, verse 20. I don't ask for these only. He's praying to the Father and the disciples are around him. I don't ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's us, okay? That they may all be one. Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us. So that the world may believe that you've sent me. The glory that you've given me, I've given to them. God's given us glory together because we're church, okay? And and I in them and you in me. I'm sorry, the glory you've given me, I've given to them that they may be one even as we're one. We're glorified when we're united. I in them, you and me, that they may become perfectly one. That's the goal. So that the world may know that you have sent me and loved me 
loved them even as you love me. Brothers and sisters of Anastasia, we are blessed to serve together as church. But know this, and it's amazing, uh, and, and realize that of this church, do you know who the leader of this church is? It's not me. It's Jesus Christ. And as I'm trying to get people to follow the leadership, I don't want you to follow my leadership. I want you to follow Jesus. Jesus is the only one that can get you to heaven, okay? But know this, we're not in competition with any Jesus-following, Bible-teaching, Spirit-led church. We serve together. We serve together. And in that power as church, the gates of hell cannot prevail against us. Okay. Let me go on to a little. We're blessed to serve together in the church and with the larger Big C church. Verse 1 of Nehemiah chapter 3. Let's talk about another aspect of this. It says that Eliashib, the high priest, rose up with his brothers, the priests, and they built the sheep gate, and they consecrated it and set its doors. They consecrated it as far as the Tower of the Hundred, as far as the Tower of Hananel. So they, they put up the sheep gate. That sheep gate's in that northeast corner. It's right beside the temple. That's where the sheep would come in so they could do the sacrifices. That's why they called it the sheep gate. Uh, in Jerusalem, I was able to go and see the sheep gate. But they didn't just rebuild the sheep gate. Twice it says they consecrated it. Why did the priests consecrate the sheep gate? It's because that's what priests do. That's the only thing they know how to do. Okay. They consecrate things. Okay. They consecrate things. Why do you come into a conversation with Pastor Walter? He does all the talking because that's just what he does. Okay. <laughs> you know, why do you go to the baker to get bakers? Because that's what the baker does. The baker bakes and priests, they consecrate things. They were doing what God called them to do. Nehemiah 3, verse 5, it says, The next to them the Tekoites repaired, but their nobles would not stoop to serve their Lord. The Tekoites came from Tekoa. Tekoa was like, uh, like 12 miles southeast of Jerusalem. You go south of Jerusalem, about five miles, you come to Bethlehem. And about seven miles past Bethlehem, you get to Tekoa. It's outside of Bethlehem. And in Bible times, they said you could see, you could see Tekoa from Bethlehem because Bethlehem sits up on top of a hill. And the common people, they heard the cry of what was going on in Jerusalem, that someone has to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem where the temple was. And then they went there, and the common people heard the cry. The nobles didn't. And they weren't priests. They weren't consecrating gates. They were just doing work. They were outsiders. They were strangers. They didn't know everybody. But God still used them. God uses people that are different from us. God uses people who are outsides. God uses us, and he gives us strength and diversity. And the next thing I want to share with us is that we are blessed with a God-given diversity of gifts and abilities and passions, okay? See, what strengthens us is not that we're all alike. What strengthens us is Jesus Christ. We're united in him. Okay, he, we're united in his name. He blesses us with the diversity of these gifts. Uh, look at verse 10. Next to them, Jediah, son of Harumaf, repaired opposite his house. And next to him, Hattush, the son of Hashabneah. I want you to know I should get extra pay for pronouncing all these Hebrew names. <clears throat> Jediah had a special passion for repairing that portion of the wall. I mean, he looked out his front door, and there's a broken down wall, okay? And his family is vulnerable. He had a passion for protecting his family. God gives us passions. You know, we're called, to, we're called to protect the home. Did you know that? As church, I think we need, we need to help protect the homes in our community. We need to protect families. That's the reason we're building a next generation center. 
And so there's a place that we can bring people in to, to learn, but also to be a support to families. But I'm excited. It's not just building a building. I'm excited about our youth volunteers and our children's volunteers and the preschool volunteers. I'm excited about foster parents. In the past year and a half, we've had so many families agree to be foster parents. And you don't do that unless you have a passion, bringing in troubled kids into your home. God's blessed us with people who have a passion, and God uses our passions. Verse 12 of Nehemiah 3, Next to him Shalom, the son of Halahesh, ruler of half the district of Jerusalem, repaired. He and his daughters, okay? The daughters of Shalom, they were building the wall, okay? The daughters of Shalom, just as God created us male and female, he's called us to serve together, male and female. In, in our respective genders, there is strength when we serve together. And we need to appreciate those strengths. We need to appreciate the completeness that God gives us being male and female together. He uses all that for his glory. You know, we're not the same. We have diversity. I love that. Paul wrote this. He said in Romans chapter 12, verse 4, for as in one body we have many members. And you know what we call that body? It's called church. Say church. Church. It's one body. We're church. Okay. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. And we have different parts of the mission, one mission but different parts, and we all have equal value before the Lord. And so this is the next point I want to make. Do what you can. Do what God has called you to do. Do what you can in the power of the Lord. It's simply that. We have a vision. You know, we have a brochure that says time, time to run goals. We, we've told people the last four years, time to run is our vision. We have goals uh, to reach a fast-growing community, to reach families, to, to send out missionaries and, and to, um, and to uh, grow leaders. Those are our goals. But there's an urgency. We say it's time to run because there's an urgency. There's a reason we're building a next-gen center. You know why? Because there's an urgency to reach families and they need something better than the aging buildings that we have that we can't secure because there are all these outside doors. We, we need to be able to, to say, families, come here because we know you need a safe and secure place and we want to tell you about Jesus. You know, um, but what resonates with me is that everybody can do something. I don't know what God's called you to do in service. Not everyone works with the youth. Well, we can all do something. I'm thrilled when people use their gifts for the Lord. You know, we're building the Next Gen Center, and, and one of the things we have is a challenge. We have to, we have to raise $2.2 million by the end of May. If we don't raise $2.2 million, then we have to refinance, and, and that means the building will cost more money. I, I think I'm getting that right. Is that right, Roy? Yeah, okay, so, so we're trying to raise that money. If we, do, if we don't raise that by May, that'll be fine. The building will just cost more money is, is what's going to happen. We'll have to restructure some things. Uh, and so that means we have a big task in front of us. But once we get in the building, we'll be more than halfway paid off on that building. Praise God. Yeah. Praise God. So we're, we're trying to, we're asking people, hey, help us with this out. But not everyone can give large donations. Not everyone can give large donations. But we can all do what we can. I mean, for me, I, every paycheck, there's money that goes to my tithe, money that goes to admissions, and then there's money that goes to the 4G building. I just do what I can. I do what I, I, I can. And it, all together, God will do amazing things. In regard to sharing Jesus, we're all called to do what we can to share Jesus. Not everybody 
is on the foreign field as missionaries. But do you realize that, if, first of all, if you've not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, when I mean if you have not prayed to say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins, and you not said, Lord Jesus, I, I'm going to follow you. I believe you died, and I believe you rose from the dead. And, Lord, I, I know that you died for me, and I accept that forgiveness. If you've not done that, you're the mission field. You're our target audience, okay? We want, you to, we want you to receive Jesus Christ. But if you've already received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're a missionary. And you don't have to go to foreign fields. You can, you can do whatever you can. Just do your part. We have different gifts. Romans 12, 6, that differ according to the grace given to us. Let's use them. Romans 12, 6, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Use whatever God's called you to do. God is, not, God is not going to hold you accountable for something that he didn't call you to do and something he hasn't gifted you to do. But he has called you to do something. He has called you to do what you can, you know. There are things that I do well and things I don't do well. Um, one thing, uh, I'm not really great at decorating, okay? We're coming up to the Christmas season, um, and... Uh, and uh, so anyway, when I'm decorating the Christmas tree, this is how I do it. The Christmas tree comes in a box. It's about this wide and that deep and about this tall. And I pull it out and I lift it up from the top. I put a pole in it and then I plug it in. It already has the balls and the decorations, the lights, everything on it. It's up there in five minutes. It's so nice. I love that Christmas tree. Okay. I don't have to decorate anything. My wife will fix it up some, but, you know, I don't have to do anything. And then when I take it down, I just take the pole out. I put it back in the box. Well, anyway, I was having lunch with somebody here in this room, and they got me, they got me um, uh, convicted that I need to help with a Christmas tree decorating thing in Lincolnville. And uh, so I said, I'm going to do that. So I did. I, I put that, that money in. And then once I put the money in, I donated a tree in the name of Anastasia Baptist Church. It's going to be a great big, in, in Lincolnville, uh, there's going to be a great big Christmas tree lighting and different groups are going to go around. It's going to help some of the ministries and build relationships between the different uh, ethnic uh, communities here in our, in our uh, community. And that'd be a good thing. And then, then uh, I realized then once I got a tree donated in the name of Anastasia Baptist Church, that someone's going to have to decorate that tree. <laughs> I started sweating. Because I know if, if I were the one that's in charge of decorating that tree, I, I just had this nightmare that we're going to go out there, all these beautiful trees, and there's one that says Anastasia Baptist Church, and it's going to look like Charlie Brown's Christmas tree. <laughs> Charlie Brown's Christmas tree in, in the cartoon there. Praise God, someone at the 8 o'clock service said, Pastor Walter, I'll decorate the tree for you. And I said, praise Lord. <laughs> praise Lord. Because it's not my gift. But God calls me to do different things. Everyone has a gift. And do what he's called you to do. Why? Because we have a common purpose. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. We have a common purpose, and that's to share eternal life, life forever with Jesus in heaven. That's it. <coughs> Excuse me. And the Bible tells us that anyone Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Okay. But it also says in verse 18 of John 3, 
Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe, someone who does not believe is condemned already. Our state without Jesus, our, our natural state without Jesus is that we're lost. We're condemned already because he's not believed in the name of the only son of God. The Bible tells us that people that don't hold on to the way that we can get into heaven, they're destined to spend eternity separated from God and in hell. And you know, we have a common purpose and that's to share salvation. So I just want to say, see the common purpose. It's salvation. It's all about helping people embrace Jesus Christ. That's what we're all about. And that's what God's going to do. And if we, if we focus on that, we're going to be strong. You know why? Because we are what? Church. We are church. And he says to church, Jesus said to church in Matthew 28, he said, go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Last hour at nine o'clock, we had a, a young man getting baptized, teaching them to observe all I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Common purposes, sharing eternal life for the world that desperately needs it. And you know what? I don't have to do that alone. I get to do it with you fine people. Amen. I get to do it with you brothers and sisters in Christ. So I want to challenge us today. First, have you received eternal life? If you've not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've not made that commitment to trust him for salvation and forgiveness and made that decision to follow him and commit to him as Lord, would you do that now and join us as church? Because if you join us, you're going to understand power like you've never understood it before. Community, blessing, peace like you've never understood it before. And if you have, let me ask you, are you embracing being part of church? Maybe you don't like to hang around church much. Well, let me tell you, that's, that's what God's plan is, is to be part of the body. Are you doing what you can? Are you doing what you can in your time and your talents and your treasures? Are you using, are you using your passion for him? Because Together, in the name of the Lord, we are church. We are stronger than the devil. We are so strong that the gates of hell cannot prevail against us. And we are blessed. Because why? Because we are, and say it together, church. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for your word. Lord, if there's someone here that needs to trust you, Lord, I pray right now in their heart that they are trusting you as Lord and Savior. Right now in their heart, they're making that commitment to follow you as Lord for the rest of their lives, Lord. And Lord, that they would see what it means to have the gates of heaven opened up and know the assurance that, that heaven is for them. Lord, I pray for people that need to take a step of faith, whether it's baptism or church membership. Lord, someone that needs to, needs to embrace what it means to be part of your body, Lord. Your body's so powerful, united, empowered with an amazing purpose. Lord, help us to live out that blessing together in your name. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We're coming to a time of response. If God's calling you to take a step of faith, uh, let me just say to you, one response is, uh, is just what the response is in your heart. What is the commitment that God is calling you to make? If it's trusting in Jesus as Lord, are you going to make that commitment today? Or are you going to just hesitate one more time? Uh, if it's coming forward, people come forward and they say, Pastor Walter, I want to get baptized. Pastor Walter, I want to trust Jesus. Pastor Walter, I want to be a member of the church. Or Pastor Walter, I just want prayer. If God's calling you, you come during this song. As we stand...
And as we sing, if God's calling you, you come. Let's sing together. I'm pressing on. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I'm onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on to live. I want to live above the world. Though Satan's darts at me are hurled, for faith has caught the joyful sound, the songs of saints on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on They have given me the results of your vote today. <laughs> and I'm doing some math in my head. It looks like there were 231 votes cast this morning. And it looks like the percentage is 96% said yes. <laughs> yeah, so <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Would you accept the call to be our worship pastor? Praise God. Praise God. Yeah. Um, just sort of going a little bit, um, a little bit off script here. Why don't you and your family come up here to the front and I close in a benediction prayer and then people can greet you. And let me tell you, welcome Cheryl and, and welcome Kevin to the Anastasia family. We're just, you and your wonderful family. Y'all just come be here and y'all come and greet them. Y'all just come right down here. Yeah. All of you. In age order, please. There we go. And y'all greet them and tell them uh, he'll be starting December 1st. David Elder's still, still going to be on until uh, December 1st is his last duty. There's David doing the caroling on the 13th. And David, we appreciate you. And on December 3rd, we're going to celebrate David's ministry here at Anastasia as well. So uh, it, it's very unusual to have uh, two ministers of music here at the same time. Usually one's already gone or died or whatever. So, uh, so we're so grateful that you're, they were all there together. So that probably wasn't kind, was it? Okay. Okay, I'm gonna pray. Y'all come and say hi. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for giving us this time. Uh, Lord, I thank you for the, the power of your work. 
And Lord, I thank you for Kevin and Cheryl and their family. And Lord, I ask that their ministry would be one that's powerful here, Lord, that would be holy and sanctified. And Lord, that we'd be built up. And Lord, uh, as we go out of this place, send us out in your grace and peace. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Amen.